0: Welcome to Alabama Short Stories, when you're a little behind on your Alabama history. I'm your host, Sean Wright. When I was growing up, we had a Sea Rock City birdhouse in our backyard. It was painted red with a black roof with the words Sea Rock City in white. I love that birdhouse. When I grew up and lived in an apartment, I bought one for the small courtyard outside my front door. I don't think it ever had any birds living in it, but it had the right amount of kitsch and was a unique marker for those trying to find my apartment. If you've lived in North Alabama, there's a good chance you visited Chattanooga. If you visited Chattanooga, then there's a good chance you went to see Rock City. Rock City Gardens was built on Lookout Mountain and features a 4,100-foot walking trail showcasing rock formations, caves, and lush gardens. Nearly a half a million people visit this attraction each year. It all started with Garnet Carter, a businessman and developer who wanted to develop a residential neighborhood on top of Lookout Mountain, which overlooks Chattanooga. In 1924, he created a new community called Fairyland, and he wanted to cater to golfers who were flocking to the sport at the time. He built what is now known as the first miniature golf course in the U.S., He franchised his concept and it became known as Tom Thumb Golf. While Carter worked on his golf concept, his wife Frida took on a project of her own, the development of what would become Rock City Gardens. The gardens opened in 1932, but promoting it was difficult at the time. Garnett came up with an idea. He hired Clark Byers to travel the nation's highways and offered to paint a farmer's barn in exchange for letting him paint three simple words, "See Rock, City. The black and white signs appeared as far north as Michigan and as far west as Texas. When the campaign started, more and more travelers were hitting the highways as the Great Depression was ending. His barns were beacons in the night to Americans looking for things to do and places to go. The campaign was a success as more and more travelers visited Rock City Gardens. Our barn painter, Clark Byers, was born in 1915 in Flat Rock in northeast Alabama. By the time he was 15, his family had moved just across the state line to Georgia. He would spend his life rotating between Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee, but never moving too far in either direction. Byers was a 22-year-old self-taught painter working at a Chattanooga ad agency, when Carter approached him with a job offer. He told buyers what barns to paint based on notes he made driving up and down U.S. Highway 41, a major north-south highway through Chattanooga. The usual arrangement was that the barn owner would receive complimentary passes to Rock City and promotional items like Rock City thermometers, bath mats, or maybe even a birdhouse. And of course, the barn painting and touch-ups were free. If a farmer needed extra convincing, they might be paid a modest sum of $3 as well. Byers would paint on the side of the barn and the pitched roof. He would freehand the lettering and then paint with a 4-inch brush. There were no rollers back then. In time, he could paint or touch up as many as three barns a day. Byers painted around 900 barns in 19 states until 1968, when President Lyndon Johnson sent him into retirement. Johnson saw outdoor boards as an eyesore rather than an icon. The Lady Bird Act was legislation that banned billboards and the Sea Rock City rooftop messages had to be removed. But luckily, some have survived. It was probably just as well for Byers. He had dodged other hazards in the past, including slippery roofs, lightning, and a charging bull. About that same time, he was seriously electrocuted. Accounts are differing, but he was on a metal roof when it came in contact with an electrical wire, sending 7,000 volts through his body. And yes, he did survive. Clark Byers has another connection to Alabama. After decades of painting barns for Rock City Gardens, the tourist attraction bug must have bit Byers hard. In 1964, Byers and his partner Alva Hammond leased the Ellis Cave in Valleyhead, Alabama, a popular local attraction the developers saw potential in the cave, which was located right off U.S. Highway 11, a major north-south route through the eastern United States. The first thing he did was rename the cave to Sequoia Caverns, named after the famed Cherokee scholar who invented an alphabet for his nation. It's not known if Sequoia ever visited the caves, but he did live in a village south of the property. To make his cave different from others, he promoted the Looking Glass Lakes, within the cavern that reflected the surrounding stalactites and stalagmites. Byers took his barn marketing knowledge to promote the caverns. In some cases, he would paint one side of the barn with Sea Rock City and the other promoting Sequoia Caverns. And in a nod to his employer, he would call the caverns the ninth wonder of the world. The eighth is Rock City. His time with Sequoia Caverns was cut short when he was electrocuted, the incident that I mentioned earlier. It took him a year to recover, and he was no longer able to work and keep up with the payments on the caverns. Rock City assumed the lease for their longtime and loyal employee. They took over the operations in March 1969. While Byers recuperated, he remained as part of the board of directors. Promotion of Sequoia Caverns on Barnes continued well into the 1980s, and they rivaled the number of billboards for Rock City along the I 59 corridor between Gadsden and Chattanooga. Out of the 900 barns painted with the Sea Rock City slogan, it's estimated that less than 100 exist today. And of those, only about 10 are in Alabama. Byers lived out his life in the northeast Georgia town of Rising Fawn, one I-59 exit from Alabama. He tended cattle and cut hay, but he never did own a barn with the iconic Sea Rock City slogan on the roof. But his front yard did have a Sea Rock City birdhouse. Clark Byers passed away at the age of 89 in 2004. He was buried in the Sulphur Springs Cemetery in Valleyhead, Alabama, close to Sequoia Caverns. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Alabama Short Stories. If you enjoyed the story, there are a couple of ways you can help the podcast. The first is to tell a friend about the podcast. The second is to buy some merchandise from our store or donate to the podcast. You can find links at alabamashortstories.com. You can listen to the podcast on the website or wherever you prefer to listen and subscribe to podcasts. See you next time at Alabama Short Stories.